Maxentius might have let his words slip from his memory, but the next time he had occasion to enter Valerian's presence with more things for the emperor to sign, Valerian himself brought the matter up, and this time Sarus, his eyes narrowed to mere slits, was within earshot to hear it all. God, Valerian said conversationally, nodding in Maxentius's direction, does not appear to want to meddle in the affairs of the empire. I did as you said, young man, and try to let God decide, but apparently I am not to be allowed to set this responsibility down. As, as I said, August, Maxentius said, baffled, trying not to look at Sarus. Indeed, Valerian said. I asked them all to dinner at the palace. Severus was in the city resting from a campaign, and the other two are always available to feed at the royal table. Bless them. I thought with them all here, God could choose. So I invited them to stay the night, and had three couches prepared for their rest, and under the cushions of one of the couches I left a parchment that spoke of my will, and God's. Regnum, I wrote, and whoever brought it to me in the morning, him I would anoint as my successor. His voice faded away. Maxentius, trembling, knew better than to ask what happened next, but it looked very much like he might never know the outcome of the Emperor's ruse. But Sarus could ask. And which one is it, August? He said softly in his high girlish voice. None, Valerian said. Severus chose a couch which did not bear the scroll, and Patronus and Gennadius chose to share a couch that night, not the one with the scroll. That one lay empty until the scroll was retrieved for me the next morning. Is there anything further that you require the secretary for, August? Sarah said silkily. Eh? No. You may go, young man. We are done. Maxentius bowed and backed away, as protocol demanded, and was not surprised to find Sarus waiting for him in the corridor as he left the room. You, Sarah said, were never meant to hear that conversation. The unspoken hung between them. Do I need to make arrangements to silence you? Maxentius looked up, his eyes steady. I have heard the Emperor say nothing, except that he will do as God wills, he said. Good. Sarah said. But as everyone knows this about Valerian Augustus already, you do not need to repeat even that. Do I make myself clear? Perfectly clear, Maxentius said. If I hear it noised about, hear what, Excellency? That the Emperor will do God's will when it is made clear to him. I will, of course, keep my silence, but it is hardly something that you will have cause to trace to me, should you hear it said in the street. As you yourself just said, this is something that everyone already knows. Sarus's fleshy lips thinned as he frowned at Maxentius. You know very well what I mean, he said. Have a care, young one. You aren't inviolate. Maxentius gave him a bow, commensurate with his rank, and turned away, only then allowing himself to take a deep breath to still his heart. He knew something about the Emperor, about the Empire, about the succession that nobody else did, and it was yet to be seen if Sarus would take steps to make sure that nobody else ever would. Valerian seemed to be content to let things drift over the months that followed. No further word was given on succession matters, except that Patronus, Gennadius and Severus were subtly distanced from the throne. 
This might not have been wholly Valerian's doing. Maxentius could see that it also played into Saris's own vision of the future, that the three nephews be removed from the inner circle. Saris was grooming his own candidate for Valerian's throne, a man who would wear the imperial purple at public occasions, as Saris could not do, since he was a eunuch, and traditionally barred from wearing the diadem himself, but a man who would be wholly beholden to Saris for his position, and would be inclined to accept being the face of the emperor that looked outwards, leaving Saris himself to get on with ruling the empire. But fate seemed intent that Maxentius be privy to succession developments, because it was on yet another occasion when it was his turn to present the emperor with a day's scrolls and parchments, requiring a signature and a seal, that things took another step forward. Valerian had remembered him, not his name, apparently, but certainly his face and his presence on earlier occasions. It's the pious young man who advised me to put my legacy into God's hands, the emperor said, receiving a scroll from a kneeling Maxentius. Startled, Maxentius nearly dropped his end of the scroll. August, he said warily. I had a dream last night, you know, 